Hello and welcome to It's a Gundam, the internet's best episode by episode Gundam Seed podcast that finished Gundam Double O and decided it was time to da 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 duel. My name is Jeremy. I'm your hitherto unmentioned high school rival, Skylar Skift. No one knows your last name, Tyler. The joke won't play. My name is Zach. So the fun thing about that is for a long time, my uncle kept messing my name up because he didn't see me very frequently, and his next-door neighbor had a kid about my age named Skylar, um, so he would just call me Skylar all the time. I have a cousin named David Sean, so I was David Sean to my grandpa until I was Gary, when me and my dad Gary were taking care of him on alternating weekends. <laughs> I don't see my relatives enough. I don't think any of them remember my name. So when I call you Kevin, it is genetic. Yep. I, I have that going for me, at least. We, we've had that conversation before, and I forget, like, it's a type of aphasia, and I forget the name of that type of aphasia, but... I know I'm not my parents' favorite child, because I'm also regularly called Matthew. Uh, speaking of regret, today we are going to watch the bad episode of Gundam Field Fighters, episode 22, Majin versus Majin. So I think there are three good scenes in this episode, and none of them are part of the A-plot. <laughs> I think there are two, but I might be forgetting one. There's a scene of, uh, of the... General cheer crew with Isla with popcorn. I'm con- I'm also including that one. Uh, that's more of a gif than a scene. I would argue <laughs> that's a good gif I, that I, happens I, in this episode. I, I am I'm stretching it into scene to try and give the episode a little bit more credit than it deserves. I did not like this one. You know, it wasn't nearly as bad as I think you both thought it was. Um, it was fine. It was just very like it's another throwaway episode, and we've already had a throwaway episode. I think it's the most throwaway episode. We'll get into it as we go on, but like. This villain is not as interesting as even the Renato brothers and is even less set up than them. He's not even a villain, which is the problem. Uh, It's narratively useless. I wouldn't say it's narratively useless because, like, they're trying to set some up stuff up here, but it's stuff that should have been set up already and it's not well done. Yeah, like, this should have happened earlier when we saw... Okay, way back when we talked about, like, maybe this show intended to end as, like, a promo thing after the original Yuki fight, and I feel like this sort of setup should have happened when he took the position as Majin. Or as right his... after that, right? Yeah. When it was going to continue. Because, like I have said before, Yuki kind of becomes the deuteragonist. It's weird because we have Sei and Reiji as a single protagonist. So it's weird that he is the deuteragonist all by himself. But we've had multiple episodes now that are focused on Yuki and his journey through the tournament, right? But, like, we're only now getting key bits of his motivation in his penultimate fight. The, the big problem I have, or at least one of the big problems I have with this episode, is at least half of it are dedicated to our antagonist the way it has been from the basically the beginning of the final eight here. Problem is, I don't know who this fucker is. He just showed up, and he's not interesting. He's attached to, like, he, it's supposed to be a big deal for him taking on uh, Yuki here, but at the same time, I don't need to see his struggle because I don't know who he is, and I care even less. It is also important that this is a Yuki fight, not a Meishin Kawaguchi fight, because he does resign temporarily in order to have this fight. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god, that is so... It's so silly, I love it. And that can all be something if it was set up beforehand. But like I said, even the Renato brothers, we had seen them before. They beat Sei and Reiji in that race, at least. And we had seen them in the Battle Royale and such. We had a vibe for them at the very least. And I feel like their gimmick is a hundred times more interesting than this oh, yeah. guy. Uh, this this guy's, guy's just another guy. Well, yeah, this guy's gimmick is I break physics somehow. Just like everybody else. Yep. But everyone else is like established as like a special thing that they are just now learning how to break physics. 
And this guy is like, oh, I've been doing it for years. What are you got? What are you chumps doing? <laughs> no, he's just now doing it because you know why? He's just now existing. And even <laughs> if the old man was established before, then we might care about that aspect of it. And it'd be kind of this cool little. It would be like a bait and switch. switch. Yeah. But no, we're just now learning about this dude's identity and existence in the first place. And now he's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to bait and switch into my grandson. And I'm like, neat. Who are you? The old man is actually a much more interesting character, too. Um, I mean, it tracks to me that him and Rawl know each other because Rawl knows everyone. Yeah, yeah, that's not a problem at all. Rawl knows yeah, everybody. Like that's, that's fine. That, that is like one of the only things that is related to the A plot that I think is fine. But how much better would it be if every time we saw Kilala and uh, Fellini getting drinks, we panned over to this old man and Ramba Rawl reminiscing about the good old times and how he's <laughs> still in the tournament? Like, we could have seen this guy in the Battle Royale or the, like, 1,000 montages we've seen of all the characters, like we had the Renato brothers. Or in or, one of the races. Or we could have seen him having a, like, he and his grandson could have, like, a Say and Reiji relationship where he's trying to get his grandson to take over. And then the last minute substitution feels less like it's cheating. Not that I actually have a problem with that in this episode, because there's so many problems on top of it, but, like, can you just, like, appoint anyone to be in your spot at any time? <laughs> Honestly, that did bother me because it really did feel like, okay, I got here. Now I just can get a, I can get a ringer. Like, what? Yeah, and, like, if Say suddenly had to drive the Starbuild strike because Reiji was injured, I think we would all be okay with that, right? That feels like it should be well, within the rules somewhere. They already kind of showed yeah. us that when he was injured earlier. Because they're already, like, it was in one of the, like, the targeting contests. Yeah. Uh, Say had controlling to it. But, like, they're part of the team. That makes sense. Is this kid registered as part of the team? Yeah. Like, that would make a lot of sense if we'd seen them as a duo. And now the young, now the grandpa is down in the hospital and is like, okay, you're going to have to drive. Yeah, that was exactly my point. Is if we'd seen the grandpa with his grandson behind him and then be like, you should drive. And he'd be like, no, I promise never again because I'm very edgy. Then that would have been established already. And maybe he and Yuki could have given each other a look, or maybe he also could wear a mask so that Yuki would not recognize him. And here he takes it off, so Yuki also has to take off his mask and resign his major <laughs> Kawaguchi to fight his rival. I mean, it would have been, I think it would have been even better if he was going head to head with Yuki on the cringe wars here. <laughs> like, both of them were going hard into this idea, and they're both like, super like the cosplay Majin thing going on. He just in, dresses gram maker the entire <laughs> yes but instead it's Mr. just Bushido, like no i'm sorry instead it's just like who the hell are you why am i supposed to care is this how illegal is this so i i didn't like this episode i did like like i said i think well, we'll call it two and a half because jeremy says the one is a gif Scene so high points <laughs> tyler <laughs> i don't actually remember what the good scenes are in this so <laughs> i'll give you a hint they don't include the Majin or Yuki in any of them. Yeah, no, that doesn't surprise me. They also involve a lot of the Meat Bun Chronicles cast. That also doesn't surprise me. <laughs> okay, as much as I don't want to, we should go into this episode. So again, we are watching episode 22 of Gundam Build Fighters, Majin vs. Majin. I recommend you watch every other episode. Also, can I just uh, call the bullshit on this title? It is not Majin versus Majin. It's Majin versus guy who might have been Majin, maybe. No, it's uh, Yuki versus whatever the fuck this dude's name is. Although, like, even, like, they're trying to set up the conflict between Majin Kawaguchi III and what Majin Kawaguchi II was, which the Renato Brothers thing was also kind of playing at. But this has not been established at all before and needed to be for Yuki's character arc. And that's actually my problem with this episode. It's not even all the stuff we've already talked about that's bad. <laughs> 
Uh, so yeah, you can watch it on Crunchyroll. I recommend you watch, I don't know, maybe episode 20, or I'm sorry, watch episode 21, watch the first scene of this episode, then watch episode 23. It's a good time. Uh, there's another That's something s- I've done many times in my life. <laughs> there's another scene in here that you might want to watch. Yeah, but it's like, it's that's for advanced users. You've got to like skip some scenes. Okay, that's fair. And they can come back to listen to our podcast after they've watched those, and we will tell them about that scene, so they will be covered. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. So we cut to Alan typing on his laptop while Majin Kawaguchi works on his model. And Alan's like, man, I can't believe those two boys you fought at high school defeated Isla Yurki Ainen, the undefeated legend, and (laughs) are going to face you in the finals. Did you foresee this? And he's like, no, not even I am that all knowing. He is smiling while he says it, though. So, (laughs) And he's like, but work. And then Alan's like, but working all night reminds me of being at the Gunpla Academy. Well, this is the first time this has been mentioned. Oh, yeah, I didn't even get into the timeline problems this episode is going to cause. When was Yuki at the Gumpla Academy? Is that I was a wondering middle that. school <laughs> level? Because like, he was to high school with Say and Reiji, and we'll find wait. out next week he went to business school before this. Wait, so. aren't they middle schoolers? Well, they say, are, say and Reiji are high school. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm so used to them being two freestanding schools because that's how we do it. Well, that's how how we did it here in Colorado. I'm pretty sure that's how everywhere does it, except in anime. Sometimes you have a high school and a middle school that are attached. I say sometimes in anime, but I also know there are a lot of middle schools that are desirable to get into because you automatically advance to high school and don't have to take a high school entrance exam. There are also some of them that are in smaller communities. They'll just have one middle and high school that just they're attached to each other. But my understanding is in, in Japan, that is also unusual, but it is more common than here. Anyway, apparently Yuki and Alan knew each other there because they reminisce about it. Despite the fact that Yuki is in high school and Alan is in the workforce, a pretty high placed person in the workforce. Alan just decided not to go to high school. Alan does look like he's right out of high school to me. He looks like he went straight from Gumpla Academy to this, which if you go to Gumpla Academy, where else are you going to work? I mean, I guess that makes sense. They haven't established Gumpla College yet in this world. <laughs> but I think Alan's like, I still recall the second major's words. Gumpla battle is all about victory. Even your op- if your opponent is a friend or sibling, beat the shit out of them mercilessly <laughs> and end your friendship for victory. <laughs> Winning isn't everything. It's the only thing that matters. So... The second Majin was Vince Lombardi. <laughs> I was going to say. As a gunpla player. I was. Oh, God. Why can I not think of the Patriots coach? It's a good joke. Bill Belichick? Yeah, I was going to say Bill Belichick, but <laughs> yes. Well, Bill Belichick doesn't have any of those quotes, but yes. Bill, no, Belichick Bill Belichick's them. actions are that quote, Zach. <laughs> Great coach. Terrible cheater. Yeah, terrible person. You know, he's he's 50-50 without Tom Brady, so I guess history will see if he was a great coach. But very successful coach, undeniably. So Alan's like, I'm grateful to the second Majin. And Majin Kawaguchi the third is like, I'm also grateful to him for being such a bad example. <laughs> and Alan's like, what, Man, what just, do you mean? You're just dissing on this guy. Anyway, our uh, opponent is Sir John Ayers Mackenzie of the United Kingdom. <laughs> Could you get a more British name? For your service in Gumpla Battle, I, Queen Elizabeth, who am still alive in this timeline, knight ye. <laughs> and this dude is 78. The oldest contestant in the Holy tournament. Holy shit. And then we cut to him out on a walk. A veteran fighter who fought many deadly battles with the second Majin. See... I kind of wish that we'd seen this guy in action before, yeah. because 78 on what we've seen already, like, I'm not sure your reactions would hold up. So how is this guy winning? Is it just by planning and preparation? Because that would be rad to see. He just has the, he's actually the best builder alive, um, and he should have been Majin, but. 
Well, he's too old for it. You obviously need this sexy young guy. He's not going to wear those sunglasses. He's got these sunglasses. He's also not Japanese wearing enough. it at night. <laughs> well, he's blind, so. Anyway, Lieutenant Rawl shows up, and John Iris McKenzie, who we cut to, is like, Ah, oh, Rawlson, long time no see, Lieutenant. Well, and uh, Rawl calls him Commodore. And McKenzie's like, Ah, oh, my opponent's the third major, and I must have a, some fateful connection with, Oh, my walker. <laughs> oh, no, a heart attack. My heart. It's definitely my heart that hurts. Help me, Rawlson. <laughs> And Rawl, not knowing what to do, uh, just crushes down in the street. And then we get the opening. Yep. I love this because this is entire thing is a grift, and I love this old man. <laughs> so There were two things that I thought about with this episode, with the opening and the ending. I kind of wish that they'd added in a couple of things with the opening and ending. Like, right at the beginning, you have Rinko and China, and then Kirara are all, like, cheering. I wish they'd added Isla there. <laughs> And in the ending, but not cheering. <laughs> and I wish they'd added Isla into the ending, following after uh, Rinko and China do their like uh, sing popping in for thing, like one of the yeah, and have her and have Isla do one of those because I think that would be great. Well, she is now part of Team the Team, like everyone else. They have defeated. Well, because defeat equals friendship. Yeah, she lost to them, therefore she is she must be friends with them, and she obviously has a huge crush on Reiji. So, so we cut to the hotel where Say and Reiji live. <laughs> And, and Rinko and China have bl- brought them a curated lunch because they think they might be tired of fast food because they don't understand how teenage boys work. <laughs> and Say is like, uh, thanks. And he looks like it, it doesn't really tell you why, but he looks like kind of embarrassed that they're here. He's also at concerned. the door, not letting them in, not letting them see what's behind him. <laughs> and it's Isla. And Isla <laughs> comes out of the bathroom in a bath towel and nothing else, being like, oh my god, is it an authentic Japanese bento? <laughs> <laughs> and Isla's like, I'm starving. And Say is just like, oh my god. Like, I was trying to sort this out before you showed up. Meanwhile, Reiji's asleep as Chena uh, and Rinko both like give him the evil eye. Chena is crying at seeing this. <laughs> I love how confused, like, Isla genuinely doesn't seem to understand what the problem is here. Yeah, she's definitely been naked with boys before when she was homeless. Yep. And does not care at all. I love how Rinko is like, after all, you're going out with China, right? And says like, no, I mean, I'm not, no, I'm not having sex with anyone right now. And then (laughs) Isla just opens the bento and starts eating the rice balls. I do love- While this is over a shot of Reiji sleeping. Yeah, he sleeps in. Um, I do love Rinko just being like, this is all chaos. So Rinko declares that boys and girls are not allowed in the same room. Even Maru Ramius would not allow I, that. I like how like Rinko has the full like arms X and China kind of has like the little, like, <laughs> I also disagree with this. And, and when Rinko crosses her arms, there's like a full on game show buzzer sound that <laughs> happens over it. And so Rinko's like, so until the tournament ends, Isla will stay at me with the in I'm at. I love how like, Chi- kind of chibi Isla's faces in that shot. Like, she's like, I'm not sure what's going on. And Rinko's like, and after that, and Isla's like, I'll stay at Say's house. And Rinko's <laughs> like, um, excuse me, young lady. And she's like, yeah, Reiji said I could. And this is when Re- she looks at Reiji and is like, uh, you should have asked me about this. <laughs> and Reiji's like, oh, what's the problem, Say's mom? But Isla's like, okay, well, if it's too much trouble, I will make Reiji take responsibility for his words. And she's and like, I'll, stay with I'll, I'll go stay with Reiji. And Reiji's like, um, I stay at Say's house. <laughs> and you can't come with me because I live in another world. I'm isekaiing this shit. And I don't know how to reverse isekai myself. I, I do like how, like, Say is just kind of playing along with this. Like, he clearly doesn't actually believe Reiji. But yeah, so Reiji's like, I stay in Arian. Arian's my house. And then, uh, 
says like, yeah, apparently that's where he goes. And then everyone starts laughing. Well, I like uh, Rinko's like, oh, yeah, he's a princer. And Sheena's like, this is the first I'm hearing of it. And I was like, wait, really? And then Ray's <laughs> just like, ha, pretty cool. Yeah, are huh? you impressed? And everyone just starts laughing at him. <laughs> and he's like, come on, why doesn't everyone ever believe me? And Say just kind of smiles as the girls leave. And Rink is like, hey, Chino, why don't you stay at the inn too? I mean, we might as well all hang out. Meanwhile, Reiji is salty about the fact that nobody believes him. And says like, so what's like actually your deal? You're from America, right? <laughs> I mean, I kind of like how Say and them don't actually believe him because it is so outlandish that he's, yes, he's telling the full truth. I'm fully on board with that. But like, I kind of like the fact that Nobody does believe him. Well, there's no precedent for it, right? Yeah. And like, say clearly is like, okay, like if you want to roll with that, you're my friend. I'll just roll with you until you're ready to actually tell me what your real deal is. Anyway, like it's Persona 4. Nils Nielsen is the next characters asking if they want to (laughs) spend some time with him to increase their social link. (laughs) And he specifically has the request of, hey, can I borrow that weird glowing crystal you have that almost certainly has something to do with Plavsky particles? With ch- went full on mobile suit Gundam last week. I'm pretty sure you double o gu- your Gundam double o at each other for a bit. Anyway, could you tell me what's up with that? <laughs> I love how nonplussed Ragey is about it. He's like, yeah, the rock on my uh, my wristband glowed, and that was it. And Nils is like, please give me your genie rock. And Ragey is surprisingly nonchalant about. Well, we'll Nils is like, can you lend me that gem? And Ragey's like, it's a rock. I can get another one. It's not like it's hard. And Ray says, like, does the rock have something to do with the secret of Plavsky particles? And Nils is like, fuck if I know. No, these don't make any sense. But I think it does, so I might as well analyze it. It's the best lead I have so far. Cut to some random fuck showing up to a hospital room. Zach, some random guy with the most luscious blonde <laughs> locks is what I think you mean. The dude has a popped collar. This is some random fuck. Okay, some bro <laughs> with the most luscious <laughs> blonde locks. I was thinking he just needs a baseball cap and he can be Terry. <laughs> Are you okay? <laughs> As a matter Grandpa, of fact. He asks, this is Julian. Oh, it's a J. I my my head it was Alan, and then it was no. It's it's got to be Albert. No, it, his name's Julian. <laughs> Who also knows Lieutenant Rawl? Well, obviously, uh, everybody Rawl, knows Rawl. Rawl's his godfather or something. And his grandpa from the hospital is like, oh, thank you for coming all this way. I'm wearing my sunglasses indoors in my hospital bed. And Julian's like, congrats, I'm making it to the semifinals. And he's like, this is my first opportunity in my 78 years of life. But my next opponent is the Majin. Does that mean like he entered the first one at age 71? There have only had, okay, <laughs> let's get into the timeline. Gumpel Battle has been a thing for seven to 10 years. The championship has been seven years. How long was Majin Kawaguchi II, this asshole? Did he get the title at the age of 71 as well? Although- I, feel like, I think it's kind of more implied that like he's much younger. The, the Majin the second is much, much younger. But he had he caught like cancer or something because we see him also in like a hospital ward. But he's got all kinds of like life support systems and shit hooked up yeah. to him. That well, that's because he gunplayed too hard. Well, and the first Majin is like a real life actual human. Yes, dude, which right? makes it even the timeline <laughs> even more confusing. But presumably, like he could have been doing that for as long as he wanted before gunplay battle was a thing because yes, it, yes. he was Majin of building. Yes, but the so, second Majin is the battle Majin. Yeah, so so he was Majin for up to. Seven years because Yuki just became Majin. So yeah, I know. I just, the timeline. <laughs> well, it probably seven or eight. What years. I want to know is how uh, Yuki had time to go to both business school and, and Majin school yeah. and regular school. 
<laughs> Maybe one of them was a night school. Uh, yeah, one of them is just an after I, I, school. Sailor Moon has taught me anything. It's that they do love school in Japan. So anyway, Julian's like, oh, someone was chosen to be the third generation Majin. I'm that out of the loop that I just don't and pay that much attention to. Too it. strong for me, says the old man. He's like, Julian, you must do it for me. I don't have much time left. You take this shoebox. Take this Nike shoebox that every child has worked on their models in. I have a bunch of old, like, third edition 40K guys in one of those. <laughs> I have some primed but not painted Gumpla in one of those. <laughs> Fight in my place. The rules are very murky on how exactly this works. You have the same last name as me, so they won't notice. <laughs> this is my last wish. Before I, oh my god, my heart attack is acting up. Also the same first initial, even. When in honor for me and the Mackenzies. And then this he, is so over the top. Yeah, he imparts the shoebox and, and then falls he dies. Over. <laughs> and then the doctor's like, well, no, he's not actually dead, but he does need rest. And Julian's like, well, goddammit, old man, I guess I'm going to have to do it now. Yeah, we cut the Julian on the park bench with the Nike shoebox being like, how this is so unfair for you to make this a last request. And I only have until tomorrow to decide. I don't even know what Gumpla I'd use. Maybe the thing that's in the shoebox. Oh, my grandfather's shitty old Gunpla. I think it's implied to be his shitty old gunpla. Ah. He did put styrofoam in the shoebox. Anyway, cut the grandpa just reading a hobby magazine. And, and Rob uh, being like, hey, you just deceived your own grandson. I love how Rob is like, uh, this is super sketchy. I love that the doctor was also kind of in on it. <laughs> Mackenzie's like, I'm not good enough to defeat the Majin, but my grandson Julian will. I just assessed the battlefield. I, I just love how concerned the doctor is looking about this. Anyway, cut to the other good scene in the episode, where at Rinko's Inn, where Isla has just told her capitalism backstory, and because it's great, Rinko and Sheena can't help but cry. And they're all in, like, the inn robes. You had to play Gumpla Battle to survive. Uh, <laughs> I have a weakness for stories like that. You can totally stay with us as long as you want. I love the way she grasps her hands as yep. she says it. And I was like, oh my god, thank you. And she's like, besides, it'll let you flirt with Reishi more. And she's like, what? No. (laughs) I am more embarrassed by you saying that than literally being naked in front of him. (laughs) And Sheena is like, oh, thank God. She's not after my guy. I could not compete with that chest. I do also love that Rinko is just like the the team shipper. Yes. That's like her entire. (laughs) She's like, I don't care who it is. I want these teenagers to get together. (laughs) Well, she's like, Sheena and say make a very cute couple. And then the two. Now, now that she knows Isla a little better, that was the problem. She didn't really know Isla before. That's why she was so put out. Now, if she already knew, then she'd totally already be okay with Isla being there. I still maintain that she would be perfectly fine. It was just the uh, the fact that Reiji didn't ask her and the fact that, you know, she just kind of popped up basically naked. <laughs> that was the problem Rinko had. Not and started the, uh, eating rice balls. Not the... Uh, Oh no! You encountered an Isla at the <laughs> Safari Zone. A potential uh, daughter for me. Anyway, cut back to Julian looking over his old busted Gumpla. And he's like, Grandpa always intended to give me this machine. But it's been three years since I did any Gumpla battle. It is kind Can of, I do it? It is kind of funny to refer to it as a machine when it's a plastic model. It does move, though. Like, I agree with you, but I... I, I know why. We call them mobile suits sometimes, which they are not. I know. It just makes me la- kind of laugh. Well, if you put like a hamster in them or something. <laughs> <laughs> also, he says three years ago, which I guess does imply it was Gumpla Middle School. They all went to. Maybe Alan got hired straight out of Gumpla Middle School, and that's why he's been able to have such a long career. He was a and Gumpla so Middle here's Mao showing up and is like, hey, looking for an opponent. I want to trounce some random dude. 
because Julian is in the free battle room in the hotel. And he's like, I was in the top 16. I'm Mao. I'm pretty good. And I'm salty. I lost. So I want to fight some scrub. I mean, let's have a fair battle. I'm definitely not going to job to you. (laughs) Anyway, your gumpless joints look all worn out. Julian's like, I've used it for a long time. Mao looks at him skeptically. And then they battle. And by they battle, I mean Mao gets samurai'd. Gets saviored even? We don't even see it. It's just off screen. He loses off screen. Cut to Nils Nilsson, who can't get much data on this gem with the limited equipment he has in his hotel room. Which I assume is actually just a laptop and some calipers. I assume he has a microscope as well. (laughs) He probably has a scanner of some kind. And Nils walks by the free battle room and is like, ah, well, I wonder what's going on in there. Battle ended, but Julian is nowhere to be seen. (laughs) Well, he's already gotten out of here after savioring the Gundam X Mao. And Nils is like, Mao, what happened to you? And he's like, oh no, I've become. A jobber. (laughs) When did my class change? Master. Well, that's what happens when you go out first. A cut to an Exia amazing. That's only 80% complete. Imagine Kawagi Chi's like, this will do. That's as much as I can manage anyway. And so they're like, oh, the the opponent changed their fighter in this one-on-one tournament. Like, it would make sense if they were on, if there was, like, a full-fledged team yeah, backing like, a lot of people. Could Team Nemesis have slept in Gawain at any time? Could they have threatened <laughs> Isla with that? Remember Gawain and she's like, that scrub? <laughs> I didn't even beat him with a suit on. <laughs> also, I was in a Jagan. <laughs> uh, but this random dude is like, his regist- it's Julian McKenzie. Oh, no, not that guy. And Alan and Major Kawagis, you're like, ah. Oh. In the finals tomorrow, Alan, the semifinals, I mean, we might lose. Did you see what he did to Mao with a shoebox? <laughs> and then we don't get an eye catch. Thank you for encountering a giant alien space worm in the form of Julian McKenzie with us. It's episode 22 of Gundam Build Fighters. That's really all I have to say about that. It's not a great episode. I don't think I hate it as much as Jeremy or even Zach, but it's unfortunate to have such a nothing burger of an episode right before the end. Although, again, asking Jeremy or Zach, the next episode is pretty good, so maybe it makes up for it? I don't know. You be the judge. Anyway, today is Andrew Waltfelt's Coffee Corner. Because I don't drink a whole lot of coffee, I am using Trade as a subscription service. This is hashtag non-spawn. And the coffee I got most recently was a blend called Power and Glory from Feast. And ended up getting it for my parents because it's right next to where their favorite brewery is up in Redding, California. And I thought that was kind of cool. So my official recommendation for this coffee is like a four out of five decent medium roast blend. There you go, Andrew Wolfeld's Coffee Corner. If you have coffee blends that you particularly like, I am now suddenly realizing I'm interested in that. So give me your coffee recommendations, either at Gundam at Last Time on Video Games or over on our Discord, which is linked on our website, www.lastpodcast.com. Also, we have a patreon.com slash lastpodcast, where for $5 a month, You get access to all of our bonus content in addition to all of our episodes early. This month, we actually just all went out and watched the D&D movie together and talk about it for a while. I think that was an episode worth listening to if you want a medium formal review of the D&D movie. The takeaway is, if you were not considering watching it, you shouldn't go out of your way to go watch it. But if you were on the fence about it, now that it's been out for like three weeks or whatever, uh, it's definitely worth a watch in that case. 
Anyway, that is all I've got. Let's get back to watching the Majin definitely. I'm sorry, the Majin doesn't win this match, as we'll find out. It's actually Yuki. But let's get back to watching Yuki absolutely destroy this nobody. to what he did to Mao on <laughs> Say's table because Mao doesn't have a hotel room. He's just sleeping under a tree outside. <laughs> and, and, uh, did he get kicked out after the after he lost in the well, tournament? Nils didn't, but also we know Nils has that good girlfriend sponsor money, so he's you know he can stay a while. Not to mention official PPSE sponsor money now too. Yeah. Also, we do know Mao lives within an easy train ride of the stadium, or at least the uh, dojo where I presume he could stay. Is within one. Yeah, so Say is like, I can't believe anyone could hurt Mao's gunpla so badly. I'm like, like you? Well, they failed. They didn't like total it. Like or this. Nils? Yeah, Nils could have done it though. Oh yeah, I, I thought Isla. Uh, she, she Isla. was upset for some reason. Anyway, now it's like some scrub named Julian. He told me he's in the semifinals tomorrow. And says like, oh, I guess he's whoever's fighting Yuki. That guy hasn't appeared on screen yet, so I guess we didn't know about him. Let's Google him real quick. So he's 21. Okay, so he finished Gunpla fighting at the age of 18. He dropped out of Gunpla school at age 18. Oh, yeah, that's right, because he did leave Gunpla school. So is Gunpla Academy like an optional academy? <laughs> because also Majin Kawaguchi was there when he was like a kid at the same time? How does the timeline work? How old How old is Yuki? Is he like 16? He was in high school. I assume he's like 18, but I don't know. If he's a senior, he might be 18. I 17, 18 in the I, neighborhood. I'm going to assume Gunpla Academy is an after-school extracurricular activity. <laughs> I mean, that makes sense. That is how some things work in Japan. Either that or it's some kind of time warp. <laughs> anyway, now, Julian Alan is going to go ahead and read off the uh, Wikipedia page because who the fuck is this guy? Nobody knows. He was the top uh, student at Gunpla Academy with world-level ability. He had genius building skills and even more genius battle skills. He was the closest to being the next Majin. And Yuki's like, yeah, I also thought he was worthy of being the third Majin. I never beat him. But suddenly he quit Academy. Also, he's from Manchester. We should just say that part out loud. And disappeared. Now, three years later, somehow Julian McKenzie has returned. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think you can totally undercut this whole thing by it's like three years later, he reappears. And, um, doesn't know all of the updates and changes, so he's <laughs> like, I'm going to do this thing, and he hits the button, and the thing just goes, doesn't work anymore. <laughs> oh, yeah, they nerfed that out of the game. <laughs> Can't build that item anymore. Totally reworked that gun. Where, where's my Infinity Edge? Oh, yeah, that doesn't exist anymore. Okay, uh, this this series was made too early for it, but if this had just started with a text roll that says, somehow Julian McKenzie has returned, is that better <laughs> or worse than the episode we got? Um, I actually, I wanted to start with a Ninja Gaiden 2 style opening where just like an old man is passed out on the floor um, and you just see him running out of the room with a shoebox. <laughs> I was like, Kawaguchi, how many times did you fight him at the academy? Seven. As many as the Exia has swords. And I had <laughs> lost all those times. Which means, of course, I'm going to win this one because it's not interesting for this scrub to face off against them. Anyway, this scrub is like, Lieutenant Rawl, I heard from the rumor mill, I guess Mao told me that the third Majin is actually Tatsuya Yuki, and Ron Baral's like, yes, that is correct. 
that youngster, your, your co-hi from Gumpla Academy. And so Julian's like, no, he loved Gumpla so much. How could he possibly be the Majin? <laughs> and in the fiendish pursuit of victory, um, it just makes sense to want to win. When we cut to Yuki trying to qu- make Julian not quit Gumpla Academy. He apparently ran and caught him at an airport. Julian's like, I entered the academy because I wanted to enjoy Gumpla, but I couldn't live my life like the second Majin, trampling my friends and making enemies in order to win. He's a bad person, Yuki. <laughs> How is that helping him in Gunpla battle? I am so confused. <laughs> yeah, running over your friends. And, well, I mean, I could see it in a way like like how Mao and Niels and Reiji and Say kind of like just wander around as a unit and talk and stuff like that. I could see it as like you grab somebody else's thing as they're theorizing with you and you're just like, okay, I'm going to steal this now. Like I could see that being kind of the idea, but... I'm not sure that's where they're actually going with it. It's one of the bad habits I feel like this series has. Like, we complain a lot in Build Divers about how it's like, oh, isn't this Gunpla stuff so cool? And this series does that a lot too, right? But it feels like it's in character and so it works a lot better, right? And, and at least for me, like, it makes me excited to model. It made me want to actually build some Gunpla because, like, it feels like other hobbies I'd engaged in, like when I would go to card tournaments and you would form stables of friends and you would be playing against each other in your off time and hanging out between matches. So it all feels very authentic. But there's lots of stuff that's like, but this is bad Gumpla, right? With with the Renato brothers, where it's like had judgment against their style for like no real reason. And this is also like, but he was bad. We're not going to like show you any examples of that or say exactly what it was. But like that sort of sportsmanship is bad. But like it's also in a weird, like also a a celebration of like, sportsmanship. I bet a lot of people who worked on this were in high school athletics and drew inspiration from that. And so it's like a really weird knife edge I don't think it balances very well. I mean, it would it would make sense if they mentioned like the actual lengths that he had gone to to win. Like the beginning when we saw Kirara cheat and damage Say's gunpla before they went into the battle. Like that kind of idea, that would make sense. Cuz doesn't or- matter what you're going into cheating is bad or like in a uh, friendly sparring match he destroyed his his opponent's suit completely so that he didn't have to fight him in a real tournament or something like i could see that but also like some kind of you some kind of actual underhanded method with somebody who actually trusted them on that scale but no because like jeremy said when i was playing like magic in lord of the rings card game and stuff like that I played against friends who played the game on a fairly regular basis, even outside of tournaments, like just to see how something was going to work. This is completely random, but now I want Dick Dastardly to have a mobile (laughs) suit. (laughs) I feel like that happens in Tribe, but I don't think it actually does. But like, there's also like borderline things in sports, right? Like tackling a quarterback in an attempt to injure them. Tackling is a legal thing you're supposed to do to the quarterback, but you can do certain targeting things, which are illegal. But it's difficult to prove, and so sometimes you can get away with it. But, like, it's, one, harder to do that in Gunpla. And, again, we don't get any example of it. And, like, I said when we did the Renato Brothers episode, that's kind of foreshadowing some of the... Like, they, in hindsight, seem like they're people who would idolize the mage, and and that's, like, kind of what was said. But we didn't know anything about him then, so it should have been established before that. And also, their thing didn't seem like cheating, it just seemed like a weird style. Yeah. It seemed like a different means of manipulating the Plavsky particles the same way that everybody else is. Like, they're operating, ironically, much closer to Gundam than everybody else is. Yeah, I, I was going to say I also really like their tactics of using the dumbass little uh, soldier One 144 models. scale Xeon soldier models. Yep. 
Yeah, I guess the problem with Theron is what they were doing is interesting, which is way better than Julian. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, Majin Kawaguchi is like, Julian, you quit Gumpla too because of your affection for it. You didn't want it to be tainted. But I want to find my own way to love Gumpla by wearing sunglasses and saying a bunch of bullshit Gundam quotes whenever possible. <laughs> but Julian is like, have you been captured by the second Majin's ideology? Which is like such a weird thing for him to think has happened. Like if Yuki had like done more stuff to act like that, right? Which she kind of does with Saiyan Reiji, right? But if we had seen Julian see that and not get it, then you can like set up this, you know, typical shonen arc where they fight and realize each other's feelings, well, especially right? Especially with what he follows up with wallowing in carnage, seeking only victory. Like he's some sort of oni wandering the countryside. <laughs> wallowing in carnage? What the fuck are you talking about, dude? These that's, are plastic models. Zach, that's a war pig. <laughs> I think it especially doesn't work because we have it contrasted to what Yuki's thinking, and it's so different. But it doesn't make Julian feel like a villain either. It's so weird. Anyway, we now begin match two of the semifinals. It was a gif of Isla eating some popcorn in the stands. Very happily. Okay, so later it cuts to that, and everyone else is, like, really excited by the fight, and she's just like, eh, popcorn. Well, that's because <laughs> she can see the particles. Yeah, she already knows Majin Kawaguchi's gonna win. Yeah. She comes with them to show moral support with the people that she's hanging around with now and to eat popcorn. She's not actually interested in the gunpla battle. She can already she already knows who's gonna win. Anyway, these two old friends have to shonen fight in order to scare their feelings with each other. That one I kind of like how they did it. It is very clear they are not actually talking to each other. Yep. They have to fight in field too, desert. And now we get to the most disappointing part of the episode, because I thought at least he used the camp for amazing in this fight. I thought it had one more episode. But no, Yuki is using the Exia amazing, which I the blue V fin really doesn't work for me. No, it, it makes it look a lot more generic. Yeah. Like, I honestly wasn't entirely sure what differences they actually, you know, what changes to the Exia they made. If you put them next to each other, they're very different, but like there's doesn't feel like there are any meaningful changes. The chest is bulkier. It's a lot more blue. The the V-fin is different. The sword is a little different, but it doesn't feel like there's any like distinguished change. As opposed to the camp for amazing, which has all those containers and stuff on it. Yeah. Anyway, say nerds about Gundam 00 available in DVD stores now. <laughs> Even though this is one of the, my favorite of the double lock Gundams, it's not from the good part of Gundam Double O. <laughs> and his opponent has an F-91. The F-91 Imagine. It's a red F-91. Imagine there's no grunt suits. <laughs> <laughs> there's some cool posing. Unfortunately, the Exia Amazing is not animated as well as the regular Exia. Yeah, I'm just really sad we haven't seen a fight nearly as good as the opening Yuki and Reiji fight. Well, I mean, the Isla versus Say and Reiji fight was pretty fun, but that That's was fair. because of other reasons. Fellini and Say and Reiji fight also is pretty good. good. Yes. Anyway, they're just staring each other down, and Reiji's is like, "They're doing that thing like you did to Mouse, where they're trading blows in their mind. It's so intense. I really like it, and the audience should too." But anyway, then they actually do something. Rambaral is like, "The F ninety one Imagine is supposedly invincible, so I guess we'll see what it does." And the Majin's like, but it's still an old Gumpla with old three-year-old Gumpla technology. Although it does immediately take off the Exia's shield. And get behind it. But the Exia takes its gun away. They did a really bad job illustrating that it was doing after images there, I think. Yeah, because we have to have Say explain that they're after images with mass, and that paint peels off to create after images. Which, which is, is like, so dumb. It is. It's the right dumb for this series, but it's not animated well enough. Like, it needs that... Dragon Ball first time the after image technique is used bit to sell it, right? Yeah. Where it's actually fallen for. Rambo Roll has seen this before, though. 
And this is why Julian is worthy of being called the next Majin, because sometimes his paint falls off. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, like, you know, what they could have done, I mean, obviously it would be more challenging and actually make... take some additional effort is actually show streaks on the mo- on the uh, F91 as he used it. Yeah. Yuki piloting is animated better than the fight <laughs> with this action angle he's got while the Exia is going diagonally. Do they get a haptic feedback of their piloting capsules? I don't think so. I think Majin Kawaguchi cosplays slash acts <laughs> as if he does. LARPs. That's the word I want. LARPs as if he does. So they yell at each other. Have you yielded to the second Majin's ideology? Majin Kwaku's like, no, what are you talking about? Why would I do that? Why would you assume that? (laughs) And Julian's like, if you have another reason, show me your beliefs and your determination. And for some (laughs) reason, at this point, Yuki's like, I resign as Majin to beat this guy. Temporarily. I temporarily resign. (laughs) I temporarily resign. Here, hold my sunglasses. Here, it's my 15-minute mandated union break from being Majin (laughs) Kawaguchi. I am now Tatsuya Yuki. Oh, the, the Exia's sword is much longer. The Exia Amazing sword is much longer. It is. That's what makes it amazing. Anyway, they have a quick draw. It's not very quick, unfortunately. I do like the F91 doing its spin thing. It also has flashbang mouth. <laughs> well, it's got like a beam. It's actually like a beam gun mouth. Which almost hits the Amazing Exia, but not quite. And so Majin Kawaguchi is like, well... Three years ago, Gundam 00 was not out, so I bet you're not ready for this. Trans Am. <laughs> Three times redder than before. I have more red than you. It's bigger and broader, the sword, is worth noting. Also, it turns into a gun. Well, the Axios does that as well. Yeah. Yeah, that's normal. I was comparing it to what the that's normal. Axios did. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the Axios after images from its Trans Am are better done than the guy they who's are, supposed yes. to be doing after images. Yeah, it's really too bad. Uh, anyway, Tatsuya kicks him because he's a good pilot. The F-91 tries to deploy some sort of bit or shield thing, but Tatsuya destroys it before it can use it. Unfortunately, that lets him get behind the Exia Amazing, but the Exia Amazing is fast and dodges. It's not a cool spin dodge or anything. It just it, kind of gets out of the way. To be fair, that's the sort of animation that they do with the Trans Am all the time in Double O, so True. I don't give them that. But now the Exia is behind the, the F-91, and it scores a hit. And it's behind it again. And he's like, this is my ninja way. Believe it! <laughs> and he cuts the F-91 in half. And Julian can't believe it. How could he be defeated? And specifically, he met all of my attacks. He fought head on instead of being a cheap bastard about it. This isn't the fighting style of the second Majin. You dared to become a Majin in order to transform the world of Gumpla into what it should be? Okay, <laughs> so they're just very condescending about the whole use other things besides the dumbest move possible tactics no you should punch it really hard <laughs> I was, that is very shown in spirit punch it very hard instead of use my head from a meta perspective majin kawaguchi is a failure because the gundam build series only get worse as they go on <laughs> <laughs> anyway f91 explodes battle ended majin kawaguchi is winner majin kawaguchi and alan are winner and at least this time, I was like, oh, man, Reiji has to fight someone that strong. But Reiji is pumped for it. Like, say <laughs> we get the finals we wanted. Oh, yeah. Even say doesn't look terribly excited. Say is like, oh, shit. Well, say is like, Reiji, did you see how poorly animated that fight was? <laughs> is ours going to be that bad? So Alan's like, man, pretty reckless using the Trans Am when we haven't finished it yet. But Yuki's like, it was the only way to win. Also, they did it in the show, too. So Julian's like, oh, man, you won Tatsuya. No. Majin Kawaguchi the third. And he's like, ah, 
without these sunglasses, I'd have been shot down by your mouth laser. <laughs> <laughs> and so he's like, you should thank the Majin's costume. Um, sure. Won't you come back to Gumpla? And he's like, yeah, Gumpla is too fun to quit. We've established that. It's addictive. And yet somehow... And <laughs> it's the Plavsky particles. Somehow the F-91 Imagine isn't damaged. Oh, he only cut the paint in half. <laughs> <laughs> he destroyed all the after images. At that point, it was over. Julian, like, let's battle again one day. And Major Kawaguchi's like, okay, but only off screen. And also without my sunglasses. Anyway, Grandpa has come. And he's like, oh, my grandson will play Gumpo Battle again. How I can die happy. How are glasses staying on his face? Yeah, they had frame or they had uh, stems earlier. Spirit gum. <laughs> they disappeared. The, they cut them off in the hospital because they were attached <laughs> to his head. And so Rage's like, hey, what, what's Trans Am say? It's like, oh, it's like a Kaoken technique. It lets you use like all your power really quick, but then it leaves you vulnerable afterward. And Rage is like, a KO what now? <laughs> and Rage is like, sounds like a last resort. And says like, yeah, we have the RG system, which can match it, and then we won't be fucked afterwards. Does make me wonder how long it can last in comparison to what it was in the series. Because in the series, it was three minutes, if I remember right. I think in the series, it depends on how long they went without using it. But Yeah, because it charges up, right? Yeah. Uh, anyway, that's the end of the episode. But wait, there is more. Unfortunately. Actually, maybe not unfortunately. I don't think this, this is... is a problem. No, this is actually one of the more interesting things that happens this episode. So Nils is on a computer doing computer things and being like, ah, my deduction was right after all. The gem that Reiji wears is a Plavsky particle crystal. What is a Plavsky particle crystal, Nils? Well, I think <laughs> what does that mean? I think he's just naming it now. Like it's it's where Plav Plavsky particles come from. This crystal, so I'm going to call it this. That's my guess as to why he's, you know, putting or saying that basically. Oh, that's the end of the episode. It sure was an episode. Um, well, hey, I can promise you there aren't any as bad as that one. There's some that are disappointing, I think, but. <laughs> We, we made it through the bad one. It's it's not good. Like, narratively speaking, it's not interesting, which is always going to be a problem. I don't feel anything for the fight because this would be one other thing if this guy was part of our cast for a longer period of time. Because obviously when Say and Reiji went up against everybody on their bracket, there was a much bigger deal with all of them. And I'm torn on this because, like, on the one hand, Fellini needs to lose to somebody. Because they already fight him in the previous uh, instance, so it's not interesting for them to fight him again. I'm just imagining like a mafia boss being like, God, if Fellini needs to lose the next match, so <laughs> make it happen. If this guy was around for a longer period of time, you could have him beat Fellini instead, because Isla is already presented as this unbeatable juggernaut throughout the entire thing. We don't really need her to get a named character to beat. But this guy just kind of comes out of left field and I'm like, am I supposed to care about you? The episode seems to think so. It spends an awful lot of time on you, you know, but I don't. <laughs> you know what I'm sad about is uh, Julian is a name often associated with unicorns and he's not piloting a goddamn unicorn Gundam. Unicorn Gundam was pretty recent at this point. Okay. I don't know if they just chose not to use it or if they were not allowed to use it. I is think the exams, the exam's not out of unicorn. No, that's the NTD. No, it is out of a Sega Dreamcast game. Okay, <laughs> that would be that. I would okay. Blue Destiny. I think all of this stuff is fine, but like it should have been established beforehand, especially the Gumpla Academy, Majin Kawaguchi the Second stuff. But Julian and or his grandpa should have been around before too, even if it was just as much as the Renato brothers. So at least they didn't just appear. 
Yeah, like if we just got a shot of even Julian's just grandpa in the battle royale or in the race or in one of those things. Yeah. Do you have a high point, Tyler? Bento box. <laughs> Zach. There's one other obvious one. No, so. I, I'm I, I'm I'm trying to figure out how to phrase that same scene, but not use the bento box again. I think I'm going to go specifically with, um, you know, Reiji telling Isla, you know, I'm from this other world, and everybody's just like, you know, starts laughing at him. I feel like everyone finds it so funny because, like, wow, that's such a childish fantasy to have Reiji, who is a teenage boy. But I love that Isla for a second believes him because he's serious about everything. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go with Rinko accepting her new daughter. <laughs> that was the obvious other one, but yeah. Not really a high point, but kind of a runner-up, which is a uh, old man pulling a con on that, his grandson. Is that was going to be my backup if you, one of you took the first scene and one of you took the other one. So what is your low point, Tyler? Oh, boy, as much as I love how dumb it is, because it's very in character for Yuki, why does he have to resign as Majin to do this fight? I don't... Because it's personal stakes, but, like, it's but not they're... well established enough for that to feel, like, important or matter. Exactly. Uh, so that's my low point, I think. He doesn't even throw off the sunglasses when I he know. does it. Or put his hair down, or... But we've already seen that when he gets into fights, he slicks his hair back, even before he was the Majin. I assume that's only when he's in rival mode. <laughs> well, he... Julian was his old rival. Oh, that's a good point, yeah. Zach. Uh, Julian. Just the concept of Julian. Well, he's a guy that just kind of, as I've said before, he comes out of left field. I don't care about this character. The episode spends way too much time on him trying to make me care. And like, oh yeah, he's, it's, it's try, also trying to set up like this op- opposing viewpoint to what the Majin is, but they're not opposing viewpoints. Yeah, like it, it kind of is, but we're just now being introduced to the viewpoint of the second Majin, so... It doesn't feel like it's opposing. I'm going to go with the Exia Amazing, which is such a downgrade to the camp for Amazing. It really it is. seriously is. You'd think going from a grunt suit to, to a th- Gundam, especially a Gundam that we all really liked, would be an upgrade. But no, it's just boring. Do you have an MVP, Tyler? It's going to be Rinko for accepting a new daughter into her home. Zach? Is it Rinko or Isla? I think I'm going to go with Isla because Isla has so many like really good facial expressions in this episode. And just even when she's not on screen, when it's just like yeah, she just starts eating the, the bento box and all that. Which implies that she somehow took it from Rinko and got it open while they were arguing with Say. <laughs> I'm going to go with Rinko as well. I love the like da-da sound that happens <laughs> when she crosses her arms. I love the beginning. I love her crying when she hears Isla's backstory. It's a good Rinko episode. It's a shame there's a fight in there somewhere about these two people we don't care about. Let's put the camp for Amazing on our list because oh, we were yeah. just talking about it and I thought it showed up in this episode and it didn't. I think it's better than the Zaku Amazing. I'm really torn because I really, I like both. Although I think the Zaku Amazing has a better color scheme. The camp for Amazing has like a lot of cool tricks though. And I it's know, got all that's those why it's so hard to, I think, I love the Zaku Amazing, but I think I have to give it to the camp for Amazing. So and for me this is actually a clear yes the camphor but I don't think it's much better than the Zaku amazing so a better or worse than the Tequila Gundam Daniel Custom which <laughs> <laughs> they're both great aren't they in entirely different ways um they both as, have cool pistols they do um as much as I love the Tequila Gundam um I and also specifically the Daniel Custom I think I am going to have to give it to the camphor I think I might have to give it to the Tequila Gundam Daniel Custom because I just remember it's got the, the Gundam Arios's missile, missile pack that it yeah. <laughs> hauls around as like a coffin. And it's just it's just the right kind of over the top 
playing into like this cowboy aesthetic that it's I really, very really dumb, love. And I do really like it. I think I will give it to the Camphor Amazing because I want more of the Camphor Amazing. We didn't get enough of it. Whereas the Tequila Gundam Daniel Custom is 100% a villain of the week, right? I mean, that is entirely fair. And I do agree with you. We might have actually gotten just enough of the Tequila Gundam Daniel Custom that it didn't overstay its welcome. <laughs> yeah, the, the five minutes it was on screen. <laughs> so shooting very high, but all of our other build diver stuff is very high. Better or worse than the Astray no name? N- no question. No question Yeah, it's worse. the Astray. Yeah. Alrighty. Better or worse than another Xeon-inspired mobile suit, the GIF Ignited, the Gundam Seed Destiny GIF. I think I prefer the camphor, but only very slightly. Me too. I think we have the GIF kind of too high on here. I agree. I think I might agree with you. It might have been one of those things we were just all feeling very charitable to the GIF Ignited at the time. I just love all the Destiny grunt suits. Oh, they're they're super good. Better or worse than the Zaku Gunner, speaking of Destiny grunt suits, because that's where we are now. Weirdly about the same for me. I like the versatility of the camphor. Um, yeah, I would way rather drive a camphor, but that doesn't necessarily make it a better suit because the artillery focus to the Zaku Gunner is cool. I think I have to give it to the Zaku, or not the Zaku Gunner, sorry. The camphor amazing in large part because like I think about the camphor amazing and I just remember all those thrusters it has on the back. And I'm like, and that on the is front. so cool. It's got all these thrusters packs and all, this, and all these guns and stuff. And I'm always about that. I think I agree with Zach. I think I'm going to give it to the camphor. Better or worse than the Slash Zaku Phantom. The slightly better Zaku Warrior design. It's uh, got the halberd. Yeah, that's Ezax. Yeah. With, uh, I think I have to put the camphor amazing above the Slash Zaku Phantom. Uh, no, I, I prefer the Zaku Phantom. I'm a sucker for a halberd. I also think I prefer the camphor amazing, which puts it in our top 10. Oh my. <laughs> I think we're just suckers for this type of mobile suit. Better or worse than the Justice Gundam, which I also think is too high. I like the camphor amazing more. Weirdly, they're actually very similar to me. Do you have an opinion, Zach? I I think I agree with him. Okay. Better or worse than the Destiny Gundam? Here is actually where I'm like, okay, the Destiny's better. They're kind of a mess in very similar ways. The Camphor with all of its pods and the Destiny with its one too many weapons. But I like the wings on the Destiny. I like the big sword. It cuts a unique silhouette. I think the Destiny is better. I think I agree with you, especially now that I have kind of had an opportunity more to see the Destiny Gundam not animated like shit, like actually looking good because I think, as Jeremy, I think said when we were talking about that, Destiny just animates the Destiny Gundam so poorly in so many places yeah. that it really made me hate the Destiny. And not not that we need it, but I think I am going to make it unanimous. So the Camp for Amazing goes at number nine, above the Justice and below the Destiny. That is way higher than I was expecting. It's a little higher than I was expecting, but... I think it's got the right kind of flashiness and simplicity at the same time that we all really appreciate. What's at, like, 30, out of curiosity? At number 30, we have the Gundam Virtue. Okay. The Tequila Gundam Daniel Custom is 29, if that... Yeah, what's our, okay, uh, that what's makes our sense. gatekeeper on, the t- on uh, 25? 25 is the Wing Gundam. Yep. That seems Although, about right. The way we do we we do rank things is always kind of a little a little wonky because we jump around to compare them directly as opposed to like some of them it might be one of those things where it's like I think we, we all think this is actually worse than this one but we didn't compare these two. Uh, dead center right now is the regnant. <laughs> That's surprisingly high. Is that the one that um, Luis was yes. driving? Yes. Okay, the the big mobile armor looking thing. The, the destroy is right above it, so. Okay. I'm a little surprised the Destroy is that far down, but... And the RX-78 is three above it, so... That actually makes sense to me, because that feels like it should be a baseline. It should be just above middle, I feel. So, And that's where it is. So. Isn't it like the last 
third is the ones that are genuinely terrible designs. Let's see. We have and 150 most... exactly right now, so two-thirds of that it's is 100. 100. The Dual Gundam is number 100, so that's not too bad yet. 110 is the Baku. Which, that's the... fine. 120 is the Sarah V2 and the Seraphim and the Gian. Here's where we... Yeah, the Gian. The Jinx is 117. The, the Gundam Altron Gian. I think that is the line and that is number 118. Yeah, that, okay, that so is holding every... the line because I like it and no one else does. <laughs> so everything below the Altron Gian is things that we as a podcast have decided are terrible designs. Is there anything else from this episode we want to put on? Putting the F-91 Imagine on does almost doesn't feel fair to the F-91. On the one hand, I don't know that we're ever going to watch anything that has the F-91 in it. Mostly because I think it's too hard to get our hands on it. I was going to say, the other thing we could do is the XEA Amazing, but honestly, it is so indistinct from the regular XEA I honestly me. think we're also going to see the XEA Amazing in the final fight with Say and Reiji. And it might have some more tricks to pull out at that time. So I say we hold off on that anyway. I will say there is an argument for ranking the XEA Amazing right now. If we don't want to, I, there's an argument not to as well. Does it have any other tricks? It's a very complicated question. It's not a very complicated question. I can see arguments for rating it up to three different as up to three different mobile suits. Is I guess what I would. Oh say. dear God! <laughs> um, I think we wait. Okay, that's fair. Because this is its first appearance, and by what they have already said, it's only about eighty percent complete. Whatever the fuck that means. So next time it shows up, it should actually be done. So we'll have a better look at it as its own design instead of. Just being like, it's the Exia, but worse. Anything else we want to say about this episode? It's skippable after you get past the Rinko uh, coming in, Rinko and Sheena coming to stay in Reiji's room. Watch the opening scenes and yeah, watch, yeah, watch the opening scene and then wa- watch that Rinko in scene. That's what I literally, I like I said, I watch Among the Glittering Particles all the time. I also always follow it up with that first scene of Isla. And then I sometimes will just click on Gumpla Eve and watch that too. <laughs> now, I don't always do that, but I don't watch the rest of this episode. To the point where I genuinely thought the Camp for Amazing was in this, and I was saving, ranking that for this episode, and it does not appear. It sounds kind of like, how, what you do with this one sounds kind of like what I do with the first five episodes, five, first five minutes of season three of Simple Gear. Whenever I'm feeling a little depressed, I'll put that on, because <laughs> it's such high-octane fun. I'll watch this one, and I watch uh, Descending Sword from Gundam Seed. All right, we will be back next week with episode 23, Gunpla Eve. Podcast ended.